0: What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 15, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Korai. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. And when you find us on those places, you should rate us and review us and give us... So I was realizing this, Zach. Um, instead of people giving us a five-star rating, they should give us a seven Chevron rating. And well, if
1: and if yes. their favorite
0: thing doesn't, give, uh, doesn't offer Chevrons, they should write in and say that they should reconsider their rating system.
1: I approve. Yeah. So I thought it was a good idea. I think we should totally change all of the rating <laughs> systems for all of the podcast <laughs> players out there to uh-huh. seven chevrons. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's, it truly is by far the most sensible
0: solution imaginable.
1: Really. Well, yeah, it, it, there really is only one option, and that is it. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how awesome we are, or mm-hmm. how foolish we are, or how goofy and crazy we are, or, or whatever it is, you can email us at at gmail.com That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. com. Nice. And, hey, Brent, did you know that we have gotten some more emails? I did know that. I know. That was was a rhetorical question.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It was... (laughs) it was That's- it was really nice to get some emails. So it thank was. you for sending them in.
1: So I want to say special thanks to Kira from Australia. Mm-hmm. We have international listeners, Brent. I know. Can you We're believe worldwide. that? That's amazing to me. <laughs> I know. And also a thank you to Jess uh, and her significant other, who is also watching Stargate SG One. Uh, together as they go on, uh, she's seen it a lot, and he has not, and so they're kind of like us. Yeah. Uh, so thanks Only very a much. little bit. They're probably
0: a bit more. Um, they're probably a bit more committed to each other than you and I are. Well, I mean, one would think. One would think. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not. I, I mean, whatever. It's not necessary. And, and, anyway,
1: and, and, sorry for making and, assumptions. And your friend, you, you, you do you do you. We're just you do you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so if you want to contact us, you can email us, or you can follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, mm-hmm. or you can find us on Facebook. Yes, we're on Facebook. We have a Walking Through Stargate Facebook page and a Facebook group. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> have, have we kept both? <laughs> well, see, if, if I keep the Facebook page, uh-huh. then I can actually comment on on the Facebook group <laughs> as walking through the Stargate as opposed to myself, which, oh you know, everybody gosh. knows is way better than that. Um, oh, this,
0: this Facebook thing isn't.
1: Yeah. Okay. Facebook is weird. Oh, boy. It's I've weird. got opinions. Um, I've got opinions. Yeah. Well, y- your opinions about Korai are welcome? Yes. <laughs> um. We'll get there. So, uh, jingles. One of the things that Jess reminded me of is that we need jingles. Yes, we do. And we don't have any jingles. No, we do not. We need jingles like this. Brent hit it. Okay. Has this ever happened to you? By
0: the way, this is my first time seeing this. This was recommended to us. Or maybe. All right, so we're watching an IT Crowd skit. I have not seen it. From today, she's fallen down the staircase twice. Nine
1: won't get you the emergency services, and that's not the only thing yeah. that's changing. Are you? Are you, you actually are so listening to this, rent? R- yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, because I can't hear any of it. it. Oh, now you're the one's <laughs> audio <laughs> for emergency <laughs> services. They're your emergency
0: services. So remember the new number. Wow, those are really attractive emergency. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's boy. There (laughs) he. I've had a bit of a tumble.
1: Well, that's easy to remember oh Oh That was great. Ah, uh, so this is that what was great. we need. Um, yes. So, wow. so Jess thought that that maybe we should use something like that for our walking through the Stargate at gmail.com. So if you've got the musical skills, W
0: A L K I N G T H R O U G H
1: T H E
0: at gmail dot com. You missed the word all right so i'm not allowed to write the jingle i think that's <laughs> twice now that i've tried to do something
1: on the fly
0: and screwed it up in some way
1: that's all right uh so yeah that's fun uh thanks uh jess for for sending us that uh yeah. that that uh, offered many many minutes of laughter
0: mm-hmm. uh, including a couple by me just now
1: yes indeed and wow, it feels weird to sit here and not be able to hear that and hear you laugh and, and kind of, <laughs> and I'm like, should I laugh here? Is this an important place <laughs> <influence>
0: to- <laughs> Oh, taking a cue. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, doing some, right. uh, doing some good improv there. Just reading off of me and there you go. Reacting. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So should we get down to business? Let's do it. Okay, so Korai. The director Mm -hmm. for Korai is Mario as a Party. This name should sound familiar because we heard him literally last week. Yes. Uh, He also directed uh, Children of the Gods, Brief Candle, and Bloodlines, and of course, last week's Singularity. So Um, can I... uh, Let me jump in real fast.
0: Have I just been completely oblivious to the title cards all this time? Because this is the first episode that I noticed the name of the episode followed by directed by mario as a part maybe maybe the writers were first but has there been title cards all this time and i've just been not noticing yep oh boy yep okay okay
1: that's all you brent (laughs) okay thanks carry on it's it's okay i still love you oh thank you you know yeah i know okay So, uh, last time I talked about Azapardi's uh, most recent directing credit. Uh, this time I'm going to mention his very first directing credit, according to IMDB. It was called mm-hmm. Gaga. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. in 1971. It was Is a it about study-
0: three underage girls who want to get knocked up by their crush?
1: I don't think so. Okay. It's, about a, it's a study of the political and religious fanaticism in Malta in the 1960s. And it apparently and, got 3.7 stars out of 10 on IMDb. Ooh, so out of 10. it's real <laughs> high quality stuff. Wow. Well,
0: give, sounds to me like this dude has a bit of a pattern. Uh,
1: well, you know, I mean, it was 1971 and it was See, the very first thing. And, but and now
0: I'm that kind of a person, though, that like uh, now I kind of want to watch these train wrecks of movies.
1: You Bright, know, if like, you want to subject yourself to that, you go right ahead. Yeah, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, anyway, so uh, so okay. So he's produced some some films, and they
1: are um, questionable. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the last time we're going to see Mario as a party on Stargate SG One. Uh, so we say thank you very much, Mario, for all that you thank have you. done for us. Here, uh, that said, Brent. Mm-hmm. If we manage to keep this going through Stargate SG One and into mm-hmm. Stargate Atlantis, mm-hmm. we will see his name one more time. Oh, but that'll back be the old favorites eh? a long time from now. All right, okay,
0: yeah, that's okay. Well, let's okay. keep Let's
1: let's do it. Let's so, let's make that happen. All right, all right. So stay with us. Yeah, uh, the teleplay for Korai was written by Tom J. Assel. Or Astley or A-S-T-L-E, however you want to pronounce that.
0: Uh, Oh, no, not not Rick Astley.
1: No. No, Tom. Tom Tom Astley. Tom. His brother. This is his only writing credit for Stargate. Uh, He was born in 1960 in Sherman Oaks, California. Hmm. Uh, He is known as the writer for the 2008 get smart movie oh uh, failure to launch in 2006 and so weird the tv show in 1999 that lasted three seasons so huh
0: i have a vague memory of that television show well that's more than i have
1: so uh, I might there let, you go to look into that anyway all right cool So, the air date for Korai was January 23rd, 1998. So, this Uh is a couple of months later. They had a Christmas break. Uh, So, Korai, you are not 21 yet. You are not yet allowed to drink. Nope. Not allowed. No beer for you. No beers for Korai. No beers for Korai. That's right. (laughs) So, uh, fortunately... We are a long way away from Elton John now. Oh uh, good. In the US, oh, number one on the charts was Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. Oh. And in the UK was all around the world by Oasis.
0: All around the So so this is the point in the show where I confess that I really liked Savage Garden. Back in the late nineties. So much so that I have actually seen Savage Garden in concert. Live and in concert.
1: Wow. I know. <laughs> this, this is the part of the podcast when I confess that uh uh this is the first time I like actually consciously read the name Savage Garden. Uh-huh. I'm certain I have heard their music on the radio at some point in time along the way. Oh, but yeah. uh now you you'd
0: know um uh the the song's called I Want You. Everybody everybody referred to it as Chicka Cherry Cola. Oh. Uh, which came out about a year before this song. So Okay. Believe so. me friends,
1: I know my savage garden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>. Oh boy. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. All right. Uh-huh. So before Brent gets too stuck in nostalgia, let's move Ooh. on to the box office this week. Yeah. All right. So this was January 1998, and number one in the box office was Titanic. Oh, oh, oh boy. Uh, sadly, I have a confession to make, Brent. Yeah. Titanic yeah. is the movie I have seen most often in the movie theater.
0: Zach, guess what?
1: What? You and I share a fact. <gasps> we do. Okay, that I makes saw, it a little bit
0: better. I saw Titanic in the theaters. I believe I saw it in the theaters four times. Ah, well, that's worse than me because I only saw it three. So, and the and the reason I even saw it four, one was definitely with high school friends. So, one was because I wanted to see, or like it was my family. We, we, we watched it. Yeah. Another time was definitely with my high school friends, some of whom haven't seen it. So, we went and we watched it. Uh then there was two other times i think one was because my like relatives were in town and it was like because i think the movie came out over the holiday season and we had nothing better to do so we went and saw titanic and i can't remember what the fourth time was but maybe it was a date i don't know whatever yeah yeah Hoy spent a lot of money watching titanic
1: yeah you know i was in college at that point in time and Mm -hmm. and uh i had to go with some friends and then i had to go with some other friends and and then I had to go with some other, other friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've seen it three times in the theater. Uh-huh. It, it, it is quite an epic movie. It, it's worthwhile. It's a good movie, but it's. Yeah. I uh, mean, yeah. 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 So so that was number one. It'll be yes. number one, I think, for a while, probably. Forever, yeah. As, as I recall. Number two is Spice World. Yeah followed Spice by Goodwill World. Hunting, as good as it gets, and rounding out the top five is Fallen.
0: So we 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 crossed some threshold because Titanic, Spice World, Goodwill Hunting. I
1: believe I even remember as good as it gets. I don't recall Fallen. I don't recall Fallen. I'm not certain I mean, there's something that niggles in the back of my head about good as good as it gets, but I can't yep. place it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, Good to know. so yeah. uh, what happened this day? Uh, since we skipped uh, um, a month, well, a couple of months, uh, I figured I'd go back uh, earlier than just a couple of days around uh, January 23rd. So I'll just read mm-hmm. through these. On January 7th, Monica Lewinsky signs an affidavit denying that she had an affair with President Bill Clinton. <gasps> oh, Uh, January 8, the Unabomber suspect, Ted Kaczynski, asks to act as his very own lawyer. Yeah, that worked out Uh, yeah, no, well no. <laughs> January 14th was the 100th episode of Ellen on the air Oh, yeah So, there you Ellen. go I mean, I am still uh, know uh, Ellen, but I remember the yeah, television show Yeah, I never really watched it, but there it is On yep. January 17th, the U.S. President, Bill Clinton Faces sexual harassment charges from Paula Jones Yep On January 18th, Ragtime, oh, yeah. the musical opens at Ford Theater in New York City hmm, On uh-huh. the 23rd, which is actually the day this airs, John Paul II, who was pope at the time, condemns the U.S. embargo against Cuba. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Also on the twenty-third, Hilla Liman, president of Ghana in ni- from nineteen seventy-nine to nineteen eighty, dies. Okay, uh, so there's that a couple days after this uh january 25th the musical greece finally closes at eugene o'neill theater in new york after 1503 performances (laughs) wow side note i need to look into
0: it how how many performances of phantom of the opera have there been at um her majesty's theater in london i'll need to look that up later i have no idea a lot a lot
1: a lot a lot uh, also on the twenty fifth, it was Super Bowl thirty two, where the Denver Woo! Broncos beat the Green Bay Packers thirty one to twenty four. Woo! Woo! Go
0: Broncos! Hey,
1: whoever beats the Packers is good.
0: Well, that's true. That's so, true. There you go. I mean, we can all we can all stand behind a a, a united uh, hatred of Green Bay. Uh, absolutely, definitely. No Definitely. apologies to our Wisconsin uh, listeners, um, but uh, you know we haven't really gotten into it. But uh, as far as sportsness is concerned, we haven't we haven't talked about my favorite things in the world. Um, we won't. Let's just say though, I'm going to give it a little bit of a spoiler. If you're from Ohio, I'm very sorry. Yeah, that's all I'll say.
1: Well, so so in the realm of of sports ball right now, my Chicago Bears are the NFC North champions. And so that makes me happy Uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with Stargate. It's purely an aside, but hey, it's fun. Hey, so this is our show. It's our show. We can do what we, can we, say want. What we want. Yeah, exactly. that's right. So uh, about Korai, David mm-hmm. McNally is the actor who plays Hano. Yeah, uh, he also plays a different character in a future episode of Stargate. Um, okay. In Stargate episode, Demons in nineteen ninety nine. So I don't know. It's a season or two later. Sure, uh, I don't remember exactly where it falls. Um, and then he plays another character, a different character, in Stargate Atlantis, Epiphany. Oh. So oh. that's the name of the episode. So um, we'll see
0: pres- him again. Presuming that you were looking at his IMDb page, was uh, what was there anything else like sci-fi or significant? He looks really familiar to me.
1: Uh, you know, I actually found those little facts on the Stargate SG-1, oh, or Stargate okay. Command. But yeah. uh, um, what was his name again? I just lost the page here. Uh, David McNally. David McNally, yeah. Let's look that up. Because what's better in podcast land than listening to me type? Is this the right guy? (laughs) I don't think that's the right guy.
0: No, not Rand. David.
1: Um, no, nope. not the so, guy. Okay. Let, let's, let's go SG one and see if that'll come up with his own IMDPEB pay EB page. Okay. Here we go. Super exciting radio here. Oh yeah. This is, this is, we'll fix it in post. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're, <laughs> oh, oh, will we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I found his page. Yeah. Um, uh stargate sg1 hano in korai um let's see here he was in honey i shrunk the kids the tv show he was in the outer yeah. limits in the 96 yeah. to 2000 mentors uh 1132 pleasant street tom stone the tv stones let's see Dreamkeeper. Stargate Atlantis for love of a child. No, no, No. Uh, the Englishman's boy uh, in two thousand eight. Most recently, uh, Blackstone, which was a TV series in two thousand fifteen. So, nope, that's what we got. So, whatever this guy looks like, it's not what you thought. Nope. Um, Yeah. Born in Edmonton. Yep. Anyway, all right, enough about David. Enough about David. Uh, the name of this world apparently is Cartago, which is Latin for Carthage, which is one of the great rival empires of Rome. Huh. Um, I'm not certain if that actually means anything, but there it is. No, not within it, the context of the story, but that would have been kind of cool. Kind of cool. Um, sure. And then, of course, uh, the local name for the Stargate on this planet was cert Cacona, Uh Uh, which uh, Jackson refers to as being uh, a derivation of Latin and Greek, which means circle of woes.
0: And he was, like, going on about how, oh, it's weird that there are, like, two root languages. And I'm like, uh, so by all means, anybody who's a linguist, especially uh, well, or maybe more like a, well, yeah, maybe a, 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 I don't know if this is a linguist or just, like, history. Whatever. Anybody who knows better than I, uh, Latin, does it not derive from... Greek in some respects? No. Uh, not at all? Um,
1: well, there's probably some relationship, but uh, right, I, I don't that think that they're derivations of each other. Huh. Okay, anyway. All right. Carry on. Um, I, I mean, I, I could be mistaken. No, no, no. I'm I, pretty certain. You, I mean, I have um, studied Greek. You have definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like. And because I, I've studied Greek and, you know, for, for a year, a total of a year, uh, that clearly makes me an expert on all things Latin and Greek. Well, I mean, and I imagine that there's probably
0: some truth to the notion that since they're both Indo-European, they are somehow derived from something similar, but I am thinking about them in succession, and that, I think, is the flaw.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, shall we go on to our synopsis of? Let's recap. Let's recap. Okay, SG One arrives on a grassy, mountainous planet and ventures forth into a somewhat medieval village. By the way, this is from the Stargate Command wiki with some of my own edits. Again, yes. Strangely, the village seems completely deserted. Teal'c mentions that he recognizes the place. Soon they enter what looks like the central meeting place of the village when all of a sudden they are surrounded by villagers with guns that look like a cross between a crossbow and a slingshot. Mm -hmm. I thought that was clever. Uh, Sure. We'll go with that. Colonel Jack O'Neill attempts to communicate with them when one of them notices Teal'c and screams, Jaffa! O'Neill tries to explain that Teal'c is a good guy when the enraged villager, who is called Hanno, claims Teal'c killed his father. The villagers take Teal'c prisoner, where he'll wait for Korai. Despite protest from O'Neill, Teal'c goes with them willingly, while the rest of SG-1 are allowed to roam free. While sitting outside Teal'c's cell, O'Neill, Captain Samantha Carter, and Dr. Daniel Jackson question him about the incident. Teal'c does not remember the man, but admits that he killed many people under the service of Apophis. Apparently, Kurai is some kind of court trial where the accuser acts as prosecutor, judge, and jury. Only the victim of a crime can deal an appropriate punishment. After all, they are the only ones who know their own feelings. During the Karai, Hanno explains that when he was a boy, the Guawuld came to take prisoners from the village. During that raid, Tilk was ordered by Apophis to kill one of the villagers. Tilk chooses to kill Hanno's father, a man who was crippled. Tilk then remembers this event and admits his guilt. Each member of SG1 then makes a plea for Teal'c, explaining that he is not the Jaffa he once was. O'Neill tells how Teal'c saved him and his team and the people of Abydos for the cause of freedom. Jackson explains that despite Teal'c being the one that took his wife Share to become host to Aguawold, he is a good friend of Teal'c because he knows that people can change. Hanno is not satisfied saying that this Jaffa's good acts now cannot bring his father back. Tilk is sentenced to die the next day. While talking with the rest of SG-1, Tilk reveals the reason for killing Hanno's father. The villagers on the planet have no defense from the Gua'uld. Their only recourse is to run and hide into nearby caves when they, when they see the Stargate begin to activate. No one is left behind. So when, which means that when, I was doing so well. You were
0: really doing a good job. All right. You normally do a good job, but this one was exceptionally clean.
1: Yes. All right. We'll try again. You could fix that in post again. Sure can. (laughs) No one is left behind, which means that the whole can only move as fast as the slowest among them. Apophis ordered Teal to kill one of the villagers. But Tilk chose Hanno's father because it would give them uh, it would then give the villagers the best chance in the future to escape the Guawold. Despite this strong testimony, Tilk's prosecutor is unmoved and insists his sentence be carried out as scheduled. O'Neill and Carter return to the SGC for reinforcements while Daniel is ordered to stay and do whatever he can to delay the proceedings. Back at the SGC, Hammond, as well as the President of the United States of America, rejects O'Neill's request after hearing the whole story. O'Neill's plan is deemed uncalled for interference in a culture's due process for a man who is not even an American or even an Earth citizen, especially considering that what Tilk did under Apophis' service basically amounts to war crimes. O'Neill is understandably upset, but is chastised by the general He has the right to disagree, but not to disobey orders. When O'Neill and Carter return to the planet, things look a little different. It looks like the Gulwuld have been there and made a mess of the village. Soon they discover that Apophis' serpent guards are still there. Hanno and some of the villagers were preparing Teal'c for his execution when the Jaffa attacked. As a result, they became trapped in the village without any means of getting to their caves for safety. Hanno takes a moment to blame Teal'c and O'Neill for this attack, and then he tells his young son that he sh- that should he die defending the village from the Jaffa, he still expects his sentence to be carried out. Soon a group of serpent guards, led by their first prime Shackle, find some of the villagers hiding with Teal'c. Shackle recognizes Teal'c and is gleeful in this opportunity to potentially kill the Sholva, the traitor. But the young boy snuck a knife into Tilk's hand. Tilk then loosed his ropes and, in a surprise move, killed Shackle. Tilk was then able to successfully defend many of the villagers, and along with O'Neill and Carter, the Jaffa raiding party is neutralized. In the process, Tilk is injured by a staff blast. After the smoke clears, Tilk hands Hanno his staff weapon and stands prepared to accept his sentence. But Hanno looks at Tilk and says that he was mistaken. Teal'c not the Jaffa who killed his father. No, that Jaffa is dead. You have killed him. As SG-1 prepared to depart with all members accounted for, they offer the villagers help to defend them uh, from the future attacks by the Gua Wold, And they return home safely. The end. The end. Okay, Brent. Yeah. Korai. Yeah. Tell me what you thought of it.
0: I'll tell you what I thought about Korai. So the first, almost the first two-thirds of the episode, um, it was kind of turning into a pretty cool episode. Um, I was really jamming on the morally ambiguous questions that they were starting to ask. And I was really, really really interested to see where they went with that Mm -hmm. like which direction are they going to go in answering the question of who is primarily responsible when a heinous act is committed is it the person committing the act or is it the person ordering the act
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in situations of interference uh at what point is uh, so that that scene between General Hammond and Colonel O'Neill, where Hammond was basically saying we don't interfere with people's uh, goings on, and O'Neill's like, huh, and 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 Hammond's like, well, anymore, <laughs> this yeah. administration, uh, boy, that was those were simpler times. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah. uh, but O'Neill's response back was also very poignant. Like he's done some things that are questionable as well, and I, they use a different word, but like. You know, why is it good for the soldiers of the United States to do these things, but the soldiers of other nations or other 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 powers where that's bad? I was really, really looking forward to how this episode was going to grapple with those questions. Yeah. And then the Jaffa arrived (laughs) and totally allowed the entire thing to just sidestep all of it where we were barreling down the path of having a courtroom drama wrestling with morality questions within the construct of this universe. It was one of those great sci-fi moments, uh, back when last week when you and I were looking at the promo and I was like, wait a minute, is this uh encounter at Farpoint or, or the measure of a man, both Star Trek episodes, both courtroom drama, sort of courtroom dramas. Um, Both of those episodes went ahead in Star Trek, went ahead and wrestled fully with the questions that they were uh, presented with. And in both of those cases came up with some pretty, uh, I mean, certainly great uh, arguments as I understood them when I was younger. And I think that they would still hold up even now. But this one, it was like 30 minutes of like juicy, awesome, heavy hitting morality questions. And then an easy out because, oh, wouldn't you know it, the bad guys are here, and now here's this opportunity for this person to be able to just, like, prove to everybody that he's a changed man and be able to get off scot-free. I mean, yeah, they were kind of coming back to it towards the end when uh, Teal'c was accepting his fate uh, Mm -hmm. of being uh, um, executed per the customs of this world. Uh, in accordance to that great scene in the middle, where they where where Teal'c and O'Neill are arguing back and forth about whether or not Teal'c should endure this punishment or not, right? Like it was great, that was really meaty stuff. But meh, who cares? We don't have to think about it anymore because the bad guys are here. Hooray! I, it was well, you
1: know. So so I I agree with everything you say mm-hmm. there. Um, that said. Uh I I I think it does still continue to wrestle with it. Uh I do think that Jaffa get in the way. I think it does come back. There there could have been other ways of addressing the situation and and digging into this and finding that spot at the end where cuz you know the whole argument the SGC, SG1 is doing is saying, look, this guy is a different man. He's an honorable yeah. man, and actually, actually, one of the things that they're they're saying is that he's always been an honorable man. Now he was in a position yes. where he had to do some nasty things, yes. and right. those aren't good. And um, you know, even today, you know, right now, um, um, the the special counsel Mueller is saying, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Is saying he's been helping me so much, he doesn't deserve jail time. Right. Um, uh, so. I mean, that's basically the argument that's happening uh, in this here is that um, who Teal is now and who he's been doing, you know, he doesn't deserve this fate, um, even though he's willing to accept those consequences. Sure. Um, uh, you still, the, the whole Jaffa coming in and messing things up is just dumber and dumb. It and was dumb. cheap. It, it was cheap. Yeah. So one of the spots it, where I had to absolutely laugh at, yeah, um, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, so this was uh, after the Jaffa had come and and after Hano and his the, the men have decided that they're going to you know charge the Jaffa to give the, the women and children a chance to escape or whatever it is. And they're running out of the hall or wherever they are into sure. uh, the battle. And I just watched them run and I looked at the screen and I had to laugh. I mean, I just, it was just, it was so badly directed, badly acted, badly everything. And Julie's like, what's going on? And I had to rewind it and show her again. And she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no. It's it's awful.
0: I was, uh, for me, that moment in that scene came when uh, I think it was like the kids uh, were, you know, declared safe. And all the child actors had these like beaming smiles on their face. Oh yeah, like like they went from being terrified for their lives to being like, oh oh, this is what can I have a cookie now? Like it was just
1: oh <laughs> yeah it was bad yeah. Now all the stuff that you mentioned, you know the the. The, there's a message here about accepting consequences. Yeah, you know uh, that's great. I love that. That's that's meaty. That that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the 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 whole chain of command versus you know your own for free will. What's yes. you know who's yeah. responsible for what? Um, on on some level, I like that they kind of left that ambiguous because it needs to be. Um, you, you need to to kind of let that float in some ambiguity, even while you wrestle with it. That said, uh, they, they cheapen it with, with the Jaffa. The Jaffa yeah. bit at the end, it cheapens that. Uh, but still, I-, I like the fact that you have to... That, that it comes out and says... You know that that conversation between O'Neill and Hammond A is acted yes. very very well. Yes, it uh, is. The yes. teleplay, the the script there is very well written, um, mm-hmm. and they go back and forth, and and they clearly you know disagree with each other, and they sympathize with each other, and you know I mean, that's a great scene. I like that. Yes, one. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um. There was a Facebook meme that I saw actually. As I was watching this episode a couple of days ago, uh, I was taking notes on my phone and whatnot. Uh, and the meme said, you are free to choose, but you are not free from the consequences of your choice. Right. Yes. And, and this episode actually does uh, come down on that spot, um, I, I think. I was
0: hoping um, it's... <clears throat> it is possible for reasonable people to disagree on this one no question. Right? Like okay. That's how the ambiguity is able to survive. It's because there are there is no one right answer to this. Um there is plenty of opportunity for there to be disagreement. Uh but on the same token it really truly did feel like the writers realized when they were telling the story that they couldn't expect the audience to handle this heavy question any longer so let's make it easy for people by providing this opportunity for things to be simplified Yeah, as opposed to remaining complex Yep. Yeah. and I get it I'm a weird person to be watching shows I mean like yeah I mean like lots of people who enjoy sci-fi uh, also boast you know higher levels of analytical intelligence you know like we're, we're, we're a conceited group but that said like i understand i'm asking a lot of late 90s american television but so what like this thing is a lot more complex than just making it out like like uh there's uh it's more complex than allowing it to be to start off with this moral ambiguity and then to just be like oh hey here's a nice convenient way for us to not have to wrestle with this question anymore yeah um you know, I mean, they—they, they, they, it's okay. This thing would have been complete trash had they not had that last scene between Hano and Teal'c at the end. Right. Like, it was predictable, but at least it allowed it to pull up out of the nosedive. Yeah. That concept of Hano understanding that Teal'c indeed was changed, uh, but and and reflecting it in that concept of how the Teal'c from before is no longer alive, the Teal'c that lives now is the one who should be celebrated and should be judged, and he is judged uh, as not warranting death. Uh, Sorry. I had an alarm. Poorly timed. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so, you know, so, yeah, I mean, like, I. but what happened was, but what ended up occurring is that I was watching this episode. I was getting into it. I was really excited about where they were going with it. It wasn't all big flash bang boom. It was, it was, gritty question and then the minute that the Jaffa showed up I just started rolling my eyes and just tossing my hands up like really we're just going to
1: bail out this way or, yeah. okay here we go see here's the thing is like uh, I, I think that uh, was it who's his name Tam Tom, Tam, Tom Assle. Uh, Yes this is his A- only Astley. Astley whatever it is um, I don't think he understood Stargate I mean, admittedly, Stargate is Um. early, but I don't think he understood it. A, um, O'Neill asks that question at the very beginning, Daniel, can you find some language that they can understand? And I'm like, wait, are you serious? Uh, they've right. already established line. in this entire show that everybody speaks English. Except yeah. for when they don't, but basically yeah. they speak English. Yes. And in fact, he's like, that's a weapon. Well, so is that. So, oh, look at that. They're speaking more yep. English. That's Side-step a stupid that line. It's a line yes. that doesn't fit even at this point in time. So yes. there is something about uh, the, the teleplay that he did not understand this story. He didn't understand yes. these characters in, in the world that has already been built. Uh, and, and so then you had some of these things going on. And, I mean, Stargate is a show that's, that's fun. It's a show mm-hmm. that, that is, you know, just a, a wild romp through the universe. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you chuckle and you go, woo, at the end. Uh, yep. That occasionally will ask some hard questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what Stargate is. We've already learned that, and I'll tell you right now, that's what it's going to continue to be. Sure. Um, I wouldn't expect it any other way. But but I don't think that, that this guy really fully grasped that. And so it just, you get these pieces together. Uh, I mean, you could have even had the Jaffa enter in at that point in the story, uh, but have it in something else. I mean, just... just Paint that in a slightly different picture, and it would it would work. Uh, What what fails to work um, is is the when when O'Neill and Carter come back, that's when we find out that the the Jaffa were there. They come back, things are different, and then they realize the Jaffa were there. If we saw the Jaffa come, if we saw them enter into this, if the battle between O'Neill or between Teal'c and the Jaffa happened. At the beginning, when it really was a one man by himself with his hands tied behind his back versus an army, then maybe you start to continue to develop that in a way that actually uh, feels more natural. Yes, And then... Oh, man. And then you have... That Jaffa attack came out of the blue. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. And... And then, you know, the first time you see Shackle, by the way, you know, shout out to Shackle. He's back again. Uh but we well, won't see him again for a minute. Yeah, cause, but but uh, he he shows up just long enough to get a knife in his gut. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, I, that that also was not lost on me at all. Like there was actually time spent in developing the character a little, a, a little, lot, but a
1: little th- only to have him shivd. Like yeah. It was Uh, without any preamble. No, I mean, you know, he's like chong 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 chong, click. His helmet opens up. (gasps) It's (gasps) steel. It's shackled. Whack. Right. Oh, I guess I'm dead now. Uh, I have been (laughs) stabbed. I must die. Uh, 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 I'm going to give you big buggy eyes, which means uh, I'm (laughs) stabbed. Yeah, that was that was garbage. That was a garbage moment. It was, it was, Uh, and then of course another thing that I just want to rail against. This did you notice all of the bell tolling? (laughs) Did you notice it? It's ridiculous. It's like every time the bell tolls, (laughs) (laughs) time marches on. (laughs) No, 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 that is on Mario because that's a director's choice. Sure. And Mario, yes. I mean there are a lot of things that you did pretty good in this episode. That was not one of them. And maybe maybe Tom put that in in his script, but you as a director says, look, um, no, that's dumb. we ain't going to do that. They, they they fixed it in post. Yeah. But, but like you're gonna fix all of this in post
0: <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe I just maybe I should just add random bells to this episode here there and everywhere <laughs> oh, I approve
1: yeah that might I happen.
0: There might be some people that, like, you know, in various minutes be like, why is their bell ringing? And then and, we'll get here and, to and minute then, 42. And when,
1: and, yeah, when they get to you to know the, the 43rd minute or so, yep. uh, they'll find the answer to that. It all makes sense. It will see, will make sense. Sense. We, we all had a joke go. together. There you go. Um, yep. yep. Uh, let's see here. Oh, one more thing that I wanted to say that I really, really hated about this episode. And this is, frankly, again, on Mario. Uh, when you have the flashback scene... Of Hanno's father getting killed? Yeah. No emotion whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh, look, there's a crying child. He is doing a terrible job acting. Oh, look, there's yeah. a man who's not saying no, anything. He's reaching his hand out. What's he doing? So, is he saying, hey, pick me, pick me? He's like, "Right, hey, don't pick me. Right. I don't want to die. Please spare me. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, in those scenes, I like Teal'c's face. I like Christopher Judge's acting there as he's – you can see in yes. his face the, the struggle and all of this. But everything else around it is just crap. It's awful. Yeah. You know, and
0: especially compared to last week. Now, again, last week was weird. I was in a very vulnerable place and, like – Probably was getting too emotionally connected for external reasons other than the show. But I got to tell you that even though the actress who was playing Cassandra last week, uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call her acting like inspired by any stretch. Um, There was just something a bit more genuine about that. And then we got an immediate turnaround. Like this is the Well, no, I guess this was like two months later, but whatever. This is the next episode in the series. And you got another child actor who's also trying to communicate emotion. And you're right.
1: It's flat. It just feels flat. It, it, it's terribly flat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I said that was the last one, but I had one more. Oh, yep. One Hanno's more. head or Hanno's hat. I, uh, the costumes on this just made me go. Oh, like, yeah. Those skullcap uh, things. Oh, it's like, oh, okay. So you're trying to make a, a uh, medieval-esque Nah. Uh, village here, right? And and yeah. it looked like you went to the local goodwill and just kind of got some tattered clothes. Nah. And and <laughs> then he's got this faux leather cap on his head that's clearly yeah. machine sewn. I'm like,
0: <laughs> <sighs> hey, now this is where my total nerddom comes into hand into fashion. Um, did you know that the the that the that sewing machines were first created to emulate? The precision of hand sewing at the time. In the time of the 18th and 19th centuries, hand sewing was a very precise work. The stitches were neat, they were orderly, they were in a straight line and they were precisely they, they, they were the, the same size all the way through. And machines were originally built to, to replicate that. So now, when something's hand sewn and it looks like it, it's actually looking like crap because nobody knows how to sew anymore. (laughs) And so, if somebody actually ran it through a machine, hilariously, it would look a bit more authentic than otherwise.
1: Um, Okay, I did not know that. I will accept that.
0: Eighteenth century corner.
1: And well, you know, should should I uh, out you as a a reenactor? Oh no! Oh.
0: You did. I did. Although, in my defense, it's been eight years since I've done any reenacting, so it's so it's hard to call me that anymore.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um,
0: so, but yes, that's how I know all that stuff.
1: Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Maybe I'll give him a little bit of pass on that one, but still, it was bad. I, yeah. I'll, I'll edit it and post. Oh, okay. Like everything else. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, then I just said one kind of things, uh, a little odds and sods here. The running and hiding. Is yeah. that really a practical defense, given how quickly the gate can open? Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. I mean, the, the gate, I mean, admittedly, the gate opens as, at the speed of plot. Right? So if it needs yeah. to take a really long time for that gate to open, it takes a really long time for that gate to open. If the yeah. plot says it needs to open, boom, oh, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, I'll grant right, you that, but right, still. Right. Um, you know, the, the process is clicking seven buttons, and then here we go. Uh, well, it
0: also kind of imply like, we haven't really delved into it much. I mean, this is kind of a problem of sci-fi that deals with other planets, just... In general, but you know, we are always kind of told that the entire planet is very much like the 3,000 square feet that we see of it. Like, yeah, like that little tiny village right next to the gate. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's totally possible for that group of people to hide in the amount of time that it takes for that gate to open if there's only, like, 300 of them and there's only ever been 300 of them and that all they have is those, like, are those seven huts in that one building? Like, sure, I guess, but... Any civilization larger than that, and certainly any town that's away from the gate that
1: doesn't know that it opened, like there's way too much about that that's just flimsy. No, it it was mentioned in this episode that their housing was actually in the caves. Oh, that's that's right. So, so that this village square and whatnot was where the commercial aspect was done. So, probably the entire village wasn't there at any one time. But still, let's say that there were. A hundred people in the commercial district, this town square at any given time, which, you know, if you had 300 people in the village, I don't remember if they had a specific number, but let's assume that 100 would not be ridiculous uh, for daily work and whatnot. You are not going to move a hundred people fast enough, even at the slowest speed of 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 the gate moving to get out into safety i mean the, and so, then it's proven right, right. when right. all of a sudden they the, the, yes. did they're there like oh my gosh they surprised us you must have sent them here and they oh tricked you gosh, and it, 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 it's, it's right. like whoa it's like you're right oh man did Catherine powers write this
0: episode no it was tom astley never gonna give you up never gonna let you down. tom you let us down you
1: let us down okay yes all right brent i think we have ranted long enough unless you have any more things you want to rant about no i'm i'm ready to levy judgment okay levy your judgment on korai korai You have wronged
0: me by slaying my hopes of a good ending, wrestling with a moral question. And being the one wronged, I am the one to levy judgment against you. As such, I deem your treachery to be unworthy of the greatness that this series can attain. Thusly, it is my determination that you have earned nothing more than a three. Out of seven chevrons, may God have mercy on the remainder of your chevrons.
1: I'm impressed. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, you very much. You, you kept it all the way through there. I, I, I'm, I'm. I get a slow clap. You get. A oh slow man, clap. that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and without preamble, I'm going to give this two stars. You get your own solo clap from me.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, Oh. boy. (laughs) And without (laughs) Priya. Yeah, this one was a a bit of a stinker.
1: Yep. Okay. Well, Brent, our next episode uh, is written by your favorite writer and mine, Catherine yep. Powers. Oh, yeah. It, the name of the episode is Enigma. Okay. okay. What is Enigma about?
0: All right. So, Enigma, written by Catherine Powers. Indeed. Who in Thor's Hammer, achieved wonderfulness, and in the, whatever the one that she wrote last time was kind of meh, such that I decided that her scale was actually a wave, meaning this episode must be junk. Okay, Enigma. (laughs) The SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves face-to-face with a creature who cannot help but speak in riddles and rhymes. From across a great distance, this creature lobs these riddles at them, and this distance is covered in water. It's very dimly lit. And when they look across the way, this creature's eyes seem to be glowing like lanterns back at them. (gasps) The SG-1 team is trapped in the bowels of some deep underground cavern, and they have one chance to escape. Thirty white horses on a red hill. They champ and stamp and then stand still. Will the team answer the riddle and escape the clutches of this terrifying monster? Tune in next week for Enigma.
1: Ooh. That How'd sounds I
0: fascinating. Uh, it, well if it sounds fast, if
1: it sounds fantasy inating, then yes. It, it, that, in, that is true. In, indeed. Uh well, we will have to wait until next week to find out how accurate you are. However, Yes. in the meantime yes we can watch the promo okay let's so do it. so Brent are, are you like producing the sound or am I gonna produce the sound? Uh, you can either way doesn't matter well,
0: I'll fix it in post but this time I will be able to hear it oh, because okay. I have planned ahead
1: Oh okay so so I, I, I will hit it and uh, oh, we'll go with it so are you ready? <laughs> All right yes, let's go. SG-1 encounters a world in turmoil. On long before we're toast? But a daring rescue has disastrous results. <laughs> These people saved you. Nothing could be further from the truth. When superior beings are brought back to Earth as
0: refugees.
1: Any idea how they got past the Earth, sir? There's one enemy even SG-1 can't protect them from. I have a presidential order to take the aliens with me. The United States government. They won't cooperate. Oh! the next Stargate oh, no. SG-1.
0: Oh, no! We're, we're, we're going into, like... We're going into conspiracy theory here. Ooh, it's the government that's the problem.
1: Oh, no!
0: That's what? nothing like Gollum. No.
1: <laughs> no. I was way off. It's okay, Brent. I'll forgive you because you oh, had that you. excellent monologue earlier. <laughs> I might have to bank off of that one a few times. Well. <laughs> well. No, you got it this one time. That's it. All right, all right. No. Okay. So, uh, mm. this has been our com- comments and conversations on Korai. Tell us what you mm. think. Mm. Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com or uh, talk to us on Twitter at Stargate yeah. Walking or look on the Facebook and join us on the Facebook page. Like the Facebook page, join the Facebook group. Uh, I do have yeah, a poll we're in out two places, right apparently. now uh that that uh, uh on the facebook group that says that you can tell us how many chevrons you give korai wow dang zach i know nice. i know i'm really up to the minute on this it hasn't even is, been this is, like this is good stuff. yeah this is good stuff so like it share it join <laughs> it tell yes. all your friends have them tell their friends I mean, let
0: alone my opinions about Facebook, which we'll get into at some point, I'm sure. But whatever, yeah, do it.
1: Well, you know, whether it's Facebook or email or Twitter or whatever. Yes. uh, You know, find some jingles for us. Help us out. That's right, we We need need jingles. Help to make this an even better podcast because Brent and I can't think of everything. I don't know, Zach. This thing's pretty baller. Oh, yeah. But you, you know, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. You know, we, we're pretty hot stuff here. But but it could be even better.
0: It could be even better, yes.
1: With your help. <laughs> so oh, boy. Join us as we have fun with this. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you this think. This is a lot of fun. Um, so uh, with that, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time.
0: See, harder dial it up. Get these people home.